they decided that they like you and they would like to put you on camera. Really? <laughs> I know, I was so surprised too. Oh my God, this is the best news ever. Thank you so much. This is great. Congratulations. Thank you. I'll take that smile as a yes, I'll do it. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Oh it's my God. It's a lot God. of work. Can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Tough job. About the work, most immediately, there's going to be some things that you're going to be able to get that okay. other people in the office don't get. One of them, gym membership. Hey, you want me to lose weight? <laughs> no, I don't want you to lose weight. No, uh, we can't legally ask you to do that. We didn't say lose no. weight. I might say tighten. Tight. Tighter. Just like toned and smaller. Don't make everything smaller. I don't want to generalize that way. Tighter. We don't want you to lose weight. We just want you to be healthy. Okay. You know, by, by eating less. Welcome to Talkin' Giants. I'm your host, Bobby. Here with my co-host, Justin. Justin, the off-season is getting ready to heat up a little bit. we got the combine next week. But how are you doing, man? We had that Dave Tolleson interview. People seem to love it. I mean, awesome reaction. We really appreciate everyone. Everyone reaching out. And what's nice is when you guys tag him and say, awesome episode, this is great, or reply to him, that speaks good on us. That helps us to maybe get some other interviews. Like maybe Tolleson can be a connection to get Tuck on or somebody. And he's just a cool dude anyways. Um, and we want to get him back on by himself. So, I, th I mean, that was pretty cool getting that reaction, Justin. Yeah, I really can't help but just thank, like, re really thank everybody so, so much for the reaction we did get back. I even told Bobby after we released it and after kind of like the, the feedback started coming in a little bit, this is kind of why what we do. We do it for the community. We do it to engage with all of you. Uh, you know, and just as women, much as and the money and for the women and all of the lucrative financial benefits that we get from talking giants, which uh, I'm saying that with a very sarcastic tone right now. But no, really, for, for for real, for real, for real. Thank you so much. It was really, really cool to see how guys like OC guys like Tuck guys like Lawrence Tynes, they were all engaging with the Terrell Thomas liked a few of my tweets, too, which I got to tell you, we're talking about cornerbacks today. Terrell Thomas, underrated giant, injuries derailed his career. Absolutely love that man. He even got he even like suffered a major injury and then came back, played well for a little bit, and then you know, however his career ended, his career ended. But really, really cool to see how like those former players were engaging it almost as much as you all were engaging with that interview. Uh, and that was just to creating that content and then even even consuming that content as as we put it out and re-listening to that interview again. Just a really cool position to be in, and we're all in it together. So I can't help but thank you all enough. Yeah, we're trying to get diehard fans. And if you're listening this time of year, you're a diehard fan, and we appreciate you. Um, and we just want to keep on doing more and more. So we actually – there's a lot of stuff we have to get to, obviously the cornerback review. Um, but something like house cleaning. Justin, we are doing three episodes next week. So Monday, we will have an episode out Monday morning. Reviewing Daniel Jones and a little combine preview. And then because Joe Judge and Dave Gelman will be speaking on Tuesday, we'll have an episode out for you on Wednesday. And then on Friday, we'll have an episode doing combine review, whatever else. And maybe an interview. We're going to try and get an interview with somebody in the media you know, to talk about the combine. So 
That'll be cool. We haven't had a three three week episode in a while. We're doing a contest. If you want to win any piece of merch from the Talking Giants shop, I mean any single piece, we'll go right now, right now. Go to your phone, pick it up. You got the podcast app open. Go to our page, leave a five star rating and review. Take a screenshot of it as you do it, and then DM it to one of us on whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Just figure out how to do it. Find out my phone number somehow. And put it on the show. So win something. Win something. And Justin is going to be picking the winner out of a toilet bowl. So that will be nice. Yes, this is true. I have already devised a plan as to how I can actually pick names out of a toilet bowl. Maybe not out of a toilet bowl, but from a toilet bowl. So I've already thought of a way to do it. No, no, not maybe not that. I'm going to find a way around it. Your hand better touch water. No, uh, you know what? Yes, my my hand will touch water. I'm not even going to give you any more hints as to what my plan is because I know you're going to derail. You're going to derail it and say no, that's cheating, which it's not. If if you do cheat, we will. I will ask the listeners to give us a one star review. Just know that. Just know that. No, nope. and I'll give a T shirt to someone who gives the worst one star review. How about we give a shirt to somebody who has the worst five star rating? Yeah, tell us what. W- is the worst qualities about us. Um, we're not big enough to do that yet. People won't get that if people are looking, scrolling through podcast apps and they're roasting us. We're not big enough. It would to be do funny, that. though. It w- it'd be hilarious, <laughs> but I just don't think we're good enough to do that yet. So, yeah, go do that. I've been, I've been trying to say this point for a minute, Bobby. Even if you have left a rating before, let's say if you left a rating back in July, if you rate, left a rating back in the summer, You can go and you can refresh your rating or you can write a new one and then that would be very much preferred if you did that. Take a screenshot of that, DM it to Talking Giants on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twatter, whatever you prefer. But update your rating. So even if you left one before, that does not mean that you are not welcome to participate in this contest to win a free shirt. Oh, coppers. (laughs) Oh, no, that's firefighter. Um, That's firefighter. EMT. Uh, Lord, baby Jesus, it's fire. Um, fireside Giants. All right. Um, oh, what else is really cool is when Talking Giants thinks, or Giants Insider thanks their listeners that you guys reply and say, yeah, but Talking Giants is better. That is low-key hilarious because they hate us with a passion. Um, unreasonably That was life-giving. <laughs> I was cracking up. They even hated me when I was back at Bleeding Blue and I was very, you know, I was relatively small. I mean, especially compared to them, they even hated me when I was back at Bleeding Blue. There's some haters. There's some haters, which they shouldn't. They, If they were smart, they would jump on the Talking Giants train, but it is what it is. But it's, it's funny when you guys do that. Um, I think it's hilarious. And we didn't even ask you to do that. So we got that. Very funny, very life-giving. Um, we got two new segments. The first one, it's not even a segment. It's just a bet, and I forced Justin into this. We're trying to be sexy-ass podcasters, and part of that is we are going to do a challenge, and we can the listeners can be involved as well. We're doing a weight loss challenge. It's going to go by percentage. So you skinny folk, like Danny's scrawny ass, can get involved in this too, even though Danny should not lose weight. Danny should gain weight. He is way too skinny. So me and Justin are doing a weight loss challenge, and we're going to let you guys, you guys, Decide what the punishment is for the loser, a.k.a. Justin. I'm going to dominate this competition. And if you want to be in it, DM us with you on the scale. No cheating. 
and we'll give a free T-shirt to whoever does it. We're gonna we'll do we'll finish this up. Let's say May at the end of May when I'll be up in New York, and you could put two and two together of while I'll, I'll probably be up there for. Or leave a five star rating in the Apple Podcast app on what the punishment should be, and then there you go. You can do two and one. That could be that could be your submission to the contest, and then you can also tell us what the punishment should be. How do you feel about the contest? Uh, I have almost zero motivation to actually participate in this. Now, I was talking with my roommate last night. I'm still in college, so I was talking with my roommate last night about this, and I was talking about how much I actually hate you because, it, you know, if you if you were ever in college, you know, if you're listening to this, if you're ever in college, you know that the schedule of a college student and also just the funds of a college student is not exactly one that's conducive of Number one, buying healthy things, and number two, investing a, a substantial amount of time in cooking healthy foods. So it doesn't I have get better zero motivation. as you get older. It doesn't get better as you get older. Let me just I, let me let me believe which, that. Which I guess is the believe that. Which I guess it's the harsh reality that I'm eventually going to be learning after this May. You know what, Justin? I'm already down two and a half. I'm down two and a half percent. What's good? I'm drinking a, a huge cup of water right now next to me. So my man, water. Cut out hey. the soda. So yeah, we're doing that. And I'm going to dominate it. I'm going to be so freaking skinny. Yeah, I'm really mad at you. I used to be like a rail at one point. And I'm, I'm going to get back to that. How about that? And I'm, I'm, people are going to be like, is Bobby doing drugs? That's how freaking skinny I'm going to be. How about that? How about that? All right. And then the next new segment, we're going to get to corners eventually, is keeping up with the G-Men. I don't know. We're workshopping names. That's a terrible name. <laughs> And we can call it giant stories because it's based off of Instagram stories because we don't really know what these Giants players are doing in the offseason. So I figured I would keep up with every single Giants players Instagram stories and we'll go through it on every Friday show and we'll talk about which ones we want to talk about. Does that sound like a plan, Justin? I love, 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 love that. Well, speaking of love, Julian Love was at the All-Star Game in Chicago and is now working out at Notre Dame. Aldrich Rosas is practicing punting and went even went to a Mexican restaurant. Antoine Bethea was at his own sports bar, District 41 Sports Bar, taking pictures with some older white women because he's an older man himself. Michael Thomas was working out with his kids and got, has his hands full with this new CBA, which I want to talk about next week. Caden Smith was visiting New York City. O'Shane Zimenez was giving his dog core water which is probably the craziest thing on this you're gonna go broke O'Shane this makes me my thoughts of you go down honestly do not give your dog core water that is so reckless Saquon Barkley and Grant Haley are at the club with Alex Hall and Drew Taggart of the chain smokers that's why Saquon had a tweet about the chain smokers Cody Latimer and BJ Hill were on a couple's retreat at the zoo antonio hamilton welcome in baby olivia congratulations on the healthy child cody core is working out in atlanta scott simon saw since saw lion king and broadway golden tate was at the nfl christian conference in san diego with cam chancellor reggie bush eric ebron javon curse leonard williams was dunking at the mamba sports academy although he did a lebron celebration afterwards kareem martin celebrate his 28th birthday hopefully we're not saying this next year kevin zeitler was enjoying wine in napa valley with his lovely wife marcus golden was watching his child play flag football and evan ingram is on some kind of island i'm guessing it's hawaii 
Justin, which one of these ones do you want to attack? Scott Simonson? Did he see Lion King? Yeah, he, he Scott Simonson, our friend. He saw Lion King on Broadway. And I know, I, yeah, listen, I know Scott. Uh, I definitely think that was his fiance or girlfriend's idea. I just do not think that's what he wanted to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, the Lion King specifically, you know, in New York and on Broadway is, like, something that everyone does need to experience. Justin, I've never been to a Broadway play, but just assuming, I feel like the Lion King one is, like, for kids and meatheads. It's like, okay, you're going to do Broadway, go no. see Lion King instead of these, these boring No, it's different. Ones. It's a spectacle, but still just odd that I do not picture Scott Simonson. Frank, frankly, I have trouble picturing any bigger human being who plays the game of football sitting in a theater and watching like a musical. I have a, I have a well, hard time visualizing that. I want to bring up another yeah, one. Yeah, go for it. BJ Hill and Cody Latimer were on vacation at the zoo. Well, not vacation at the zoo. They were. At- you said vacation at the zoo. I'm saying they were on vacation and they went to the zoo. Oh, they went to the zoo. Okay. That's yeah, but that's still staying odd. at the zoo. Why is that odd? It's odd because number 1, I guess we're going to presume that BJ Hill has a significant other because Cody Latimer has a family and he also has a son. So that would not surprise me, I guess, if they went to the zoo. But the fact that this seemed to be a couple's vacation and they did go to the zoo. And also, I don't necessarily picture BJ Hill and Cody Latimer vacationing with each other. Almost very similarly, I don't picture Saquon Barkley and Grant Haley being great friends. I did not did not picture and would presume any they of They went things. to Penn State together. Oh, that is true. Mm, I'm a dummy. I'm a stupid idiot. And you know what? My best friends on the football team, everyone thinks like, oh, O-line are best friends. Now, granted... Like we have like the Soiber and David Deal guys who are like they were best friends, but my best friends in college was uh, a wide receiver, a corner, and, a, and an offensive lineman. I'll, I'll give I'll give you I did have an offensive lineman. Like that was our crew. It was a, it was me, a wide receiver, and a corner, and we did hood rat stuff. Um, what's another one we can bring up? Um, oh yeah, let's let's talk about O'Shane Eximenez. That is unbelievable. Is is he insane? I'm like I'm not. I'm joking, but I'm also not. Why in the world would he do that? That makes me like I think less of him now. I'm like this guy's reckless. That stuff is like four dollars at the gas station, and my man is just putting it in his dog's bowl. That's nuts. That's a weird flex. It's a weird flex. I kind of, I kind of respect it. Also, Bobby, today's Thursday. Happy National Love Your Dog Day. So maybe Shut he was celebrating up. Happy National Love Your Dog Day early because it is. I will I will now I'm trying to think if I had the financial means and I don't have a kid I would probably spoil my dog to an insane end. No, that doesn't work like that. Lucy is she just gets I mean she gets spoiled but she also like I don't I don't like the whole treating a dog like a human aspect. I don't like that. Even though I do she does sleep on my bed. Lucy enjoys the simple things in life. That's why she was on the Simple Man Radio logo. So that was crazy. Ooh. Um, that okay. Yeah, Saquon and Grant Haley is like the the definition of like, hey, my buddy is a big deal. So I get to hang out with the chain smokers too. Which let me, in fact, let me look it up. Saquon had a chain smokers tweet, and I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, like out of nowhere, uh, he tweeted, "Where is it? Where 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 is it?" Do you know who? Uh, do you know who Bob Mennery is? Yeah, I don't really like him. 
Do you they like hang him? out together. Saquon, Saquon Sterling Shepard and Bob Menery, they all hang out together. Yeah, they all hang out together. I actually heard from a friend who interacted with him at like a country club in New Jersey at a golf course. And he's a jerk, which that doesn't surprise me. But also at the same time, I listen to his podcast from time to time. Golden Tate, like Bob Funny Menery dude. too. Yeah, they they hang out too. I don't know how he gets these connections. It's kind of Golden wild. Tate is is like a is, is now this is going to come off as ignorant, but he's kind of white. I uh, don't think that's a hot take, but sorry. Do you, do you okay. have any thoughts on Saquon Barkley and Grant Haley uh, going to see the Chainsmokers? That's what that's what this not, whole no, they were not going to see with. the Chainsmokers. They were hanging out with the Chainsmokers at the club. They didn't go and see a Chainsmokers concert. They were hanging out. That's with even them. better. It's even better. It's kind of crazy. Grant Haley, like. Ultimate, like, hey, my friend is a star, and I'm an undrafted nickel corner who got benched after week eight, who we're going to talk about today. Ooh. Besides that, I just don't see anything else crazy on here. Um, telling you those Leonard Williams was uh, – Leonard Williams did, like, a whole PR thing of hanging out with former, I believe, Patriots player. Richard Seymour. Yeah, Richard Seymour, and, you know, watching a bunch of film, and that was a good little – Good little PR thing he did for free agency. His house is sick. He lives like a king. He needs that big contract because that house is it ain't gonna pay for itself. Do do we know where? Um, it's in California. That's that's all I know. Ooh. I'm guessing L.A. Dream of Californication. Bobby, let's get to these corners. <laughs> let's get to the corners. <laughs> all right, let's start with. DeAndre Baker. It was a first overall or first dra- round draft pick, the thirtieth overall pick. Twenty two years old, five foot eleven, one hundred eighty pounds. Justin, his season started out really bad in two really bad games against Dallas, where he didn't even play the whole game. It was split between him and Antonio Hamilton, and a very bad game against Buffalo, where he was picked on. But Justin, the yards for those games ended up being about twenty seven percent of his entire yards allowed for the season. He gave up. 88 targets, 54 catches, which is a 61.4 percentage, which is not horrible. 850 yards, that's not good. And six touchdowns, it's actually kind of similar to A.J. Bouye, who I was looking at earlier this week as a possible uh, acquisition for the Giants. Not no more. Justin, what are your thoughts on DeAndre Baker coming off of year one? Something I feel like a lot of people don't remember is DeAndre Baker... It was rumored for a couple days before we got like an official diagnosis. He could have suffered a serious knee injury. And you kind of got the feeling that maybe he was rushed back because of the fact that, you know, we didn't we didn't really want to be starting Corey Ballantyne week one. Uh, they didn't really want to fully be starting Antonio Hamilton week one. So he missed a good portion of the preseason and during spring and during the summer. He kind of was uh, he kind of was a stud and he kind of, you know, the whole thing was so he didn't allow a single catch over training camp and over the spring. And that was a thing that was going around that was really, really cool to see. And then he gets hurt. So he misses probably half the preseason, misses a good chunk of the preseason, comes back against Dallas and struggles, struggles to really start the season. But basically from the first two weeks, you have DeAndre Baker, who is in not in good graces of Giants fans everywhere, where DeAndre Baker was the fall guy. Anytime that something would go wrong, it was it would be DeAndre Baker's fault. But Bobby, you emphasized how his first two weeks were 27% of his total yards allowed from the season. What we do need to mention is how good of a finish that he had to his season. His final five to six games, probably not counting the matchup against Ter- Terry McLaurin because Terry McLaurin uh, got the best of him. But Devontae Parker, he really shut him down. He did very well against uh, 
four catches on seven targets, 57 yards allowed. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, which isn't really much of a name, but he allowed a 50% uh, catch rate against him. Devontae Adams, he shut down Devontae Adams primarily. Uh, seven targets, two catches allowed, only 30 yards allowed that game. And when he was primarily covering Allen Robinson against the Chicago Bears, uh, total, it was zero catches allowed, three targets, and obviously zero yards allowed. So DeAndre Baker had a very, very good finish to his season. And he even talked about in a recent soundbite and a sound clip where he was sitting down with Victor Cruz for a bit of an interview. He talked about his transition into the NFL and what he needs to do better next year. The biggest difference for you from the college level to the pro level? I'd probably say the uh, QB timing, you know, ball coming out way quicker than college. So that's the biggest thing so far. Yeah, and what do you plan to do to kind of, in the offseason, to get better at that, to kind of see the ball coming out, read your keys a little faster? What are some of the things you're going to do to improve? Just no learning, learning how to read the quarterback tendencies, no read and run pass, things like that to help me react quicker and be a step better in my game. So so as a guy coming out of Georgia who played primarily man-to-man, like he was a press cover corner, he was a get-your-hands physical kind of corner, I'm going to lock you down. He came to the NFL and he, came to James, he comes to James Betcher's system where, where it's, he's playing five, ten yards off the line of scrimmage, and he needs to get better at that timing, and he had those timing issues, like he said in that little bit of a soundbite. So he got better as the season went on. Giants didn't necessarily maximize his strengths throughout the entire season. It took him a few weeks to actually say, hey, let's actually put this guy towards the line of the scrimmage. Let's allow this guy to get his hands uh, get his hands on people. I've been talking for too long. I do have one more point on Baker, but I'll get to it, Bobby. So you take it away. Yeah, and, you know, anyone who's listened to this podcast during the season knows I was very frustrated with James Betcher, and it wasn't like, oh, why aren't they doing good? Because I know, like, I get, like, they didn't have the personnel to be a good defense. But I thought there was things that Betcher should have done that he just didn't do. And one of those was not playing DeAndre Baker uptight and press coverage. Whether, even if it was, like, zone stuff. Like, they didn't have him playing uptight. They had him playing 8, 9, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. And it just did not work for him as a corner. I mean, Buffalo just destroyed him in that. And it was so frustrating. It's like, I'm not even mad at, at Baker. I'm, I'm mad at Betcher. That being said, he did have struggles on his own. Like he, you know, he mentioned his timing was off at sometimes. Uh, he wasn't able to collapse on wide receivers as well. Um, it, it wasn't a good season. Like I don't want to sit here and say it was a good season, but there is some things, positive things to look at. I mean, like you'd mentioned, you know, there was that four game stretch where he had 19 targets and only five completions. You know, 26.3 percent, which was it was the the lowest percentage during that four game stretch. I believe that was like week thirteen or, or like week t- like eleven through fourteen or something like that. He also did have a negative time where you know Vernon Hargraves got cut by Tampa, and then Dan Duggan showed the clip of DeAndre Baker not hustling on a play against the Jets, and then after that he was not benched, but he he saw reduced playing time. The Giants let Sam Beal get some shots. I mean, after that Jets game, which was the Bears, the Packers. And uh, Philly, he played 64, 51, and 70% of the snaps in those games compared to the basically 97 to 100% in the rest of the season besides week one. Yeah, uh, kind of maybe even just getting a little bit some more stats behind behind DeAndre Baker. He allowed six, six receiving touchdowns, 15.7 yards per completion, which is not good. He allowed a 116.2 quarterback rating, which ranked 127th in the league out of 134 qualifying players. 
Uh, he has a yards after catch on catches allowed, which is 263 yards, which is, I would say, pretty average. That's not too bad. A point that Carl Banks had on the radio uh, after, I believe it was probably after the last Giants game of the of the season, and he was speaking on the postgame show about the fact that not even just DeAndre Baker, but we'll use him as the prime example of this, but these young cornerbacks, they're learning while losing. And that is a very, very difficult thing to do because when you're learning while you're losing, everything is scrutinized and it's hyper scrutinized where instead of these guys, number one, you know, getting a lower snap share, they're being relied on to do things that possibly they shouldn't even be relied on. Now, DeAndre Baker being taken in the first round, the expectation was for him to start, but being in this position where you're constantly being targeted and you're not, it's not even the fact that you're constantly being targeted, but you're losing. That is what makes this much, much tougher and much, much more difficult. I mean, Bobby, you can, you can even speak to this from some kind of point of view. It's much easier to watch bad film on yourself after your team won compared to when your team loses. And DeAndre Baker constantly, constantly, constantly for the majority of the season, you know, we, I just read you how, you know, he was probably one of the worst corners in a 16 game rate in the entire league. But nevertheless, uh, he did have that good stretch at the end. But it's a tough season to be DeAndre Baker, partially because, you know, when the team loses, somebody's got to get the finger pointed towards him. And DeAndre Baker was that guy. Right. It's like the offense picks up 24 points in a win. Everything's good. The offense picks up 24 points in a loss and the offensive coordinator stinks. It's just, it's just one of those things. And it, you know, remember after week one, when Antonio Hamilton, who got just destroyed against Dallas and everyone was like, why don't they have DeAndre Baker out there? If someone's going to struggle, we want him to struggle out there rather than have him out there struggling than Antonio Hamilton. Well, that's what happened. And, you know, Buffalo was a, a very bad game um, the next week and people lost patience with Baker but just, I mean, me and you saw, he made progress as the season went along. He was actually, you know, used a little bit more in that bump and run coverage. And I don't know what to expect out of Baker in 2020, but I will say I'm not, I'm not worried about him. Although if he is the number one corner, then people will look at every weakness and kind of freak out about it. And honestly, I understand it. You know, me and you were talking about this pre-show, Justin, keeping Janoris Jenkins would have made this offseason a lot easier. It really would have. I mean, then I'm not I'm not I'm not saying Byron Jones is a corner to go to. Okuda um doesn't even like a, a corner in the draft doesn't look as a need. Baker doesn't have that number one role if we don't go and get a corner. Um listen, I was strong against cutting Janoris Jenkins. I know I know the whole situation for it. I understand it, but man, it kind of stinks not having him around, even though he was a jerk at times. Janoris Jenkins was the only cornerback on the roster to allow a passer rating of less than 110 in coverage. He allowed a 65.3 QB rating, which is, guess what, people? That's a good season <laughs> for a guy that gets, you know, targeted a lot. Uh, you know, while while he was in blue, he had 78 targets. That's a lot. And for guys that get targeted that much, if you compare Jenkins' numbers in terms of the yards that he allowed, the completions that he allowed, his catch rate that he allowed, it's up there with, you know, I'm not going to call him a top corner in the National Football League, but for guys that get targeted that much, it's kind of up there. What's most impressive about Janoris Jenkins is the fact that he was 
topped the league in yards after catch allowed. So he was very, very good in terms of when it, whenever he would allow a catch, he would get the guy down relatively and very quickly. So kind of moving back, I guess, to DeAndre Baker, he is not a number one cornerback. Uh, he, he's not. That's and that's not a hot take. I feel like that's something that is very much understood. If we head into – and I don't think this is possible. I do not think that this is even remotely – remotely possible but i guess you know if we're if twitter gms had to decide how this offseason goes we're not even talking about the secondary which is kind of a scary thing i think i i think i've been one of the leading catalysts of saying we kind of need to address the secondary possibly even more than we need to even address a pass rush that's simply just a philosophy that i have hey this is a passing league quarterbacks are getting the ball out of their hands in less than 2.8 seconds on average. What can a pass rush do when you have a quarterback who's consistently getting the ball out of his hands with in less than three seconds? So guess what? That's where your secondary and that's where your secondary play comes in. I find that to be a lot more valuable than a pass rush, but that's just me. Well, Justin, it comes down to an average secondary is better than an average pass rush. Whereas um, Correct. I, where a game-breaking pass rusher is more important than a game-breaking corner. You know, it's just it's kind of context and everything. So I I'm with you. I you know an average. Like I said, I, if we're going to be average out of position, I'd rather be average in the secondary than I would be at pass rush. And and you know here's the theory: a above-average secondary can make a below-average pass rush better. That's the theory. Right. Right, it's and it, it all works together. You, we know how football works. I mean, look with the 49ers. They blitzed the least in the NFL, and they had the top defense. Why? Because they could constantly get pressure with four. And then the Ravens were able to blitz so often because they were able to couple on, on the back end with Humphrey, uh, or Humphrey and uh, like Thomas and and all those other guys they have. So it's it's going to be a struggle in 2020 at corner. Um, I'm in the Byron Jones kit, but I, I don't want to get into that. Anything else on Baker before we move on, Justin? Have faith in DeAndre Baker. That's it. You know, numbers don't look good. Uh, obviously, the the narrative spewing from 2019 was not good because because he was uh, enemy of the state after the first two weeks. Have faith in DeAndre Baker. Have faith that this cornerback is going to work out, that this physical cornerback is going to work out. Because hopefully, you know, Joe Judge's whole philosophy, if you, you, can't, you can't put blah, blah, blah holes in the round square pegs and holes in et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hopefully that philosophy is going to also apply to DeAndre Baker, which makes me excited. Right. Yeah, I, I, I had faith in Baker. Not great faith, but I do have faith. All right, next on the list. And this this shows the state of the secondary when this guy's next on the list. Corey Ballantyne, 5'11", 196 pounds, 23 years old, six-round pick in the 2019 draft. Uh, was shot on draft night. We all know that story. We don't need to go any further into that. Justin, after the Detroit game, when Grant Haley was absolutely destroyed from the slot, they put Corey Ballantyne as the nickel corner. And honestly, listen, I, I like this idea because I was like, you know what? Let's get this young guy on the field somehow. Grant Haley's obviously not it. I don't know what his role is going to be, whether it's continuing to work on him in the nickel or putting him back outside. Well, he was in there. The numbers weren't great. Uh, 27 completions on 42 attempts, 64.3 completion percentage against him, 393 yards, four touchdowns. Part of that was James Betcher not letting uh, Janoris Jenkins cover Allen Robinson when he was in the slot and Devontae Adams was in the slot, which is just mind-numbing when you think about it. Corey Ballantyne, although he, didn't not, he did not have a good uh, rookie year, you see the talent that he has. You see the speed he has. I think he's got pretty good ball skills. I 
listen, I don't think we should go into 2020 like Corey Ballantyne's got to be a starter, but he's a guy that I think has potential to be that eventually. I mean, he was probably like the most impressive rookie in preseason besides Daniel Jones. He's a talent that I'm not, I'm not just throwing away. I I have excitement about Corey Ballantyne. Yeah, let's just talk about the context in which Corey Ballantyne was asked to perform this year. So he took 30% of the snaps on the defensive side of the ball this past year, which if you told me that that would be happening before the season, I would say, well, that's a bad sign of things to come. And this is not to say that he's a bad football player and he can't have a good career, but for being a sixth round pick coming from a small school, dude just wasn't ready to be put in the position that he was put in. I'm not envious of the position that Corey Ballantyne is in. Um, so, you know, here is the position that he was that he was put in. Go out and try to play cornerback, even though we know that you're fully not ready for it at the pro level. But, oh, yeah, Grant Haley is a total liability, and fans will riot if we start him again. So now go <laughs> out and play slot cornerback, which isn't even your primary position, and good luck to you. That was the position that Corey Ballantyne was put in this year. So, uh, square yeah. pegs, round holes, baby. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you see him playing outside or them working on the slot? I I see him moving back outside. Which it, honestly, I don't know how that works because we don't have anybody at nickel. It, it just it just makes more sense uh, because what you saw in the slot. I'm sorry, he was worse than Grant Haley. He was worse no, than the slot. Than no, Grant he Haley. was not. He was not worse he than was Grant not? Haley. Boom, boom. Oh my gosh. I am going to roast you for saying that. He was not worse than Grant Haley. 126.4 passer rating allowed. Boy, the you're going to make me pull better. a Grant. All right, let's do Grant Haley. Let's do. Let's move to Grant Haley and, and we'll turn to a conversation about both of them. Grant Haley, undrafted free agent in 2018, 5'9, 190 pounds, 24 years old. The stats 39 targets. 32 completions, 82.1% completion percentage, 342 yards, and one touchdown on 422 snaps. Just I don't think Grant Hill is even the worst cover guy, but my man has no ball skills. If you throw a back shoulder for pass against Grant Haley, it's going to be completed. If you throw a corner route in the end zone, it's going to be completed. So the stats, I mean, the stats are worse. The completion percentage was 6% better. Um, he had more, you know, 100 uh, – uh, you know, twice the yards on not twice the snaps, same amount of touchdowns. And his last game starting was against Detroit where Amendola like cooked us for 140 yards. Quarterback rating allowed was a little bit less on Grant Haley, but that's not, uh, look, I'm not saying that Grant Haley is a good football player. He just wouldn't turn his head. <laughs> he just, that was the thing, man. That was what was frustrating because he wasn't the worst cover corner, but he, I, he just had no ball skills. And I, it was, it was frustrating. It's like, man, you could be in in position to make plays, but you just he never got his head around and he never got his hands up. The crazy thing is, you know, if you're a person that really follows this team, which if you're listening at this point of the season, at this point of the episode, again, thank you for listening. And you probably knew this heading into 2019. We knew that Grant Haley was a guy that allowed catches. Like, it just flat out. Like, Grant Haley is not going to be a guy. He's not going to be a pass deflection guy. You know, but what you liked about, I mean, actually, Grant Haley's yards per completion was about two yards less than it, this year than it was last year. So it's because I'm you're looking and we're evaluating 2018 heading into 2019. We were excited about Grant Haley, and you're kind of like, okay, even though this guy does allow catches, you're excited for what he can do. But now I'm looking at the stats and I'm looking at evaluating his 2019 season. 
why were we excited about Grand Halo? I don't Simply think excited because... was the right word. I think it was optimist optimism. And I get it okay. because I mean his 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 rookie season in the games he played wasn't horrible. Um, you know, he even had like some good like he had a good game against the Eagles against Golden Tate, who we know what you know, we know what Golden Kate Tate's capable of. And ball skills is something that can be developed and it can get better. You can learn, like, okay, when he puts his hands up, that means the ball's coming. But he just never was able to react to that. He's undersized at 5'9", uh, at 190. So, you know, that might be a part of it. And the fact that he is very good in the run game, which is like... I was just about to bring that up. But, like, as much as, like, that's, like, a, you know, kind of a joke, it's also, like, it's it's good to have someone there that can do that. Some people have thought about making him the shortest safety in the NFL, which I wouldn't hate because I don't... I don't believe in just wasting talent, and I do think Grant Haley actually has some talent. Wait, that's that's actually crazy because I was gonna throw out a uh, hey, it's the it's the end of February, and we're talking about the cornerback position question that I thought may have been a stupid question. Should we consider moving Grant Haley to safety? Because Bobby, this isn't we're not even being sarcastic when we bring it up. You know, like where we talk about some guys, like we're gonna talk about Antonio Hamilton, and we're gonna be like, Yeah, he's a great special teamer. We're gonna bring it up sarcastically and like a joke. But we it's not even a joke. Grant Haley is an awesome, awesome run defender for being, you know, for a cornerback. He's awesome. Yeah, and if he's able to like with the, the whole ball skills issue, if he's facing the line, you know reading uh you know maybe i don't know maybe he could work with it i'm not saying he will um and even if they do move there he's not going to get reps over doing love and peppers so we we talked about ballantyne you know ballantyne played in the slot obviously you know Haley is a nickel corner week one through week four in 2020 who gets more snaps and starts grant Haley or Corey ballantyne oh god um who gets more snaps grant Haley or Corey ballantyne I'm going to go with Corey Ballantyne because Corey Ballantyne can actually return kicks and he can work on special teams. And that now, now that could be a cop out answer. It, it really is. I just only gave you a defensive snaps. Because, you, defensive snaps. That's yeah. It. See, I, I see. I knew. I knew. I knew you were going to go with that caveat. I almost think getting a slot corner is almost just as important as getting a number one cornerback on this team, because even regardless of how bad Baker would be, or even sometimes how bad Jenkins would be for, you know, very short stretches, but it would be there. Teams would just put their best receivers in the slot against us. And this happens year after year. I It, it even happened when we had Tevin Wade on the team. I remember back to that divisional round uh, against the Packers in 2016. They just Don't put um, Randall Cobb in the slot. And that's how we basically lost that playoff game at least on the defensive side of the ball, but I neither neither here nor there. I digress. It all depends on if we get a slot guy who gets more snaps. I'm going to go with Grant Haley. So I think the safe bet is Ballantyne because Haley might not even be on the team because you know Ballantyne he's draft capital, um, right? He's going to be on the team. Beal is going to be on the team with what he uh, was, I would assume. Um, and then you got DeAndre Baker, and then hopefully somebody else, whether it's whether it's Byron Jones or or Kuda or Logan Ryan or whoever. But let's let's move on and move to the next guy on the list. 23 years old. He was a third round supplementary pick. Standing at six foot one, 177 pounds, Sam Beal. Justin Sam Beal uh, got starts in, against Philly, Miami, and Washington. He got snaps against the Packers, Bears, and Jets. He was not good. He uh, had 21 targets, 16 uh, completions on those. 
176.2% completion percentage against him, 171 yards and a touchdown. Remember the one against Devontae Adams, which was on like third and 75 on that post in the end oh, zone. Oh, fun. That was, that was the touchdown he gave up. That was pretty bad. Uh, Calvin Harmon had his way with him against Wa- with against Washington in Week 16. Sam Beal, man, who you know we spent a third round supplementary pick on him. He missed all of his first year and then battled with injuries all of camp last year. OTAs, he was like the star of OTAs. Everyone was talking about how great he looked. Just I don't I don't know what to think about Sam Beal at this point. I just honestly I don't have much of an opinion on. him. He's the uh, Jacoby Ellsbury of the New York Football Giants. I honestly was shocked that we even did see him for six games this year. I thought that we would never see him. He found a way to get 26% of a of a snap share on the defensive side of the ball, which again, if you if you were to, you know, if you were to put a gun in my head and tell me what was uh, what was his snap count throughout the season, I'd love I to would... put a gun to your head. Ooh, yeah, we all love that. Would not even come close to anything being 25%, which I think that just tells you how bad this giant secondary was. The fact that they had to rely on these guys so much. Also, because we cut Janoris Jenkins, which was a mistake. But, yeah, not much of an opinion on Sam Beal. This was technically his rookie year. And that's the crazy part, is that we've been talking about him for what feels like years and years and years now. And he's had all these injuries. And this was technically his rookie year, and he only played six games. So... I don't think people should be too, too critical on him, but also I have not enjoyed the absolute hype train that is Sam Beal. Sam Beal is going to be great. Sam Beal is going to come back and he's going to be, and he's going to ball out. I have not enjoyed this hype train and he has barely even played the game of football at the pro level. So let's all just <laughs> yeah, take a break. There's just nothing to be excited for at this point. Um, unless, you know, coming out of, uh, Western Kentucky, you were just like, this guy is the truth. He is the star of Big Blue uh, Kickoff Live, though. Uh, I will give him that. Uh, we need to start doing that again. I, I just can't. If you do that, if you're going to call in and do the Sam Beal thing, tell me. Because I'm just, I'm not going to listen to that show. I'm sorry. Um, no offense to them. I just I don't have a time time of the day to listen to that for an hour. Uh, I, I looked up some tweets I had from early November, Justin, on Sam Beal, when people were getting mad at DeAndre Baker. Here was the first one. Sam Beal will not get an important rep this season unless there's injuries ahead of him. There was no injuries ahead of him. Jenkins and Baker are guaranteed to start the rest of the season. And Gory Palantine starting at nickel last night would make you think he's slated there for the rest of the season. Well, Sam Beal played the next week, Um, I believe. (laughs) And Jenkins was not guaranteed to start for the rest of the season. Um, And Baker lost reps. And then the next day I tweeted, DeAndre Baker and quote-unquote, not knowing the playbook stuff is so overblown and being a victim of a headline, which I still agree with. Also, also he's been playing good since week three besides Monday Night Football. Sam Beal's not taking reps from him. He will not be benched. Um, that did happen against the Jets. So I was very wrong. Came back right in my face, although I do uh, fully agree with uh, the first state. And then the next tweet was Sam Beal's at corner and me doing the, the clip of the everyone, everyone calm down in the office. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I know we still have Antonio Hamilton to talk about, but that is going to take like 20 minutes looking at all of this and talking about all of this. I'm getting not in a peaceful, easy feeling as uh, the band, the Eagles likes to say, I'm feeling kind of morbid about this giant secondary right now. I know, man. It's honestly my biggest worry for this Giants team in 2020. 
It really which is, is crazy because we we had Dave Gettleman absolutely press the spam button on cornerbacks. The safeties I'm not worried about at all. I'm not worried about the sa- the safety position at all. It's the corners that I'm worried about. I mean, what what really changes kind of everything is if we sign a free safety, and then you can have. I, I know this isn't a Jul- this isn't you know Julian Love episode, but Julian Love can kind of be included in this because he technically also is a slot corner along with being a free safety, strong safety, wherever you want to put them. If you sign a free safety and if we and not even sign a free safety, if you get if you get somebody else to play free safety on this football team, where Julian Love can go is absolutely anywhere. He can kind of go anywhere for you, which I like that. Here's a situation that would cost a lot of money and I don't I don't know if people would like it, but I think it'd be the best thing for the secondary. Listen, I had Julian Love slated as being the starter at nickel week one for this season. Like, that's how much I liked him at, at, at Notre Dame. And I, if anybody remembers, I was very frustrated after him being in limbo of what position he was playing. I was like, let just let him pick a position and play. Now, granted, he was very good at safety, but he was also in the strong safety role, which Jabril Peppers is going to assume um, now that, you know, you know, with him being healthy. So we really haven't seen him out of free safety at all. It would be Byron Jones or some or whoever your favorite corner is in this free agency being side to play the outside. They put Julian Love in the nickel and they put and they not just like hey try let's let's practice at nickel like no you are you are the nickel and another a free safety being brought in. Um, I don't even I don't even need a, like a like I know you're on the McCordy train. I wouldn't even need like some great free safety. I even just an average guy with some speed, not Antoine Bethea obviously, but just somebody with some speed and aggressiveness. That's all I would need. Trey Boston is a guy who was out there. Boston could be that guy. Uh, I haven't watched a ton of him since you know uh, last year when he was he was rumored. But so that could be uh, that could be one. You know, safeties are cheap. So I I see I see that as being maybe like my best case scenario because you know obviously you could draft a Cuda um, and that could you know you could do the same thing. But then you got a lot of young guys at the corner role where Byron Jones is established. Yeah. I don't know. It's a. It's a. I think it's the biggest question mark on this on this Giants team. Honestly, like I get that there, now. There's no great pass rushers. Golden is good, but he's always he's not great. Um, but like like you said, you can like you said, we'd rather have average pass rush, um, or, or rather have you know average DBs than average pass rush. I don't. Know. I, I I I I'm I'm butchering the way I'm saying that. Basically, what I'm saying is not having good corners and young corners just gets you. Just screws you. It screws you. Yeah, uh, a system ultimately does help. And what makes me worried is also the fact that we don't know that much about Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham has not had a lot of success in the past. And if we are going to be heading into 2020 with, I'm not even that concerned if we're heading into 2020 with the lackluster pass rush, but if we're heading into 2020 with the lackluster secondary, that's what worries me about Patrick Graham and how he can fit these guys schematically. You know, you can blitz. You can run elaborate blitzes, and I feel like you you can get pressure on the quarterback in somewhat of a consistent matter if you are you know creative in your design of plays. But I don't even think you need to even be that creative. Just put pressure on guys. I mean, we saw you know yeah. I I I ranted all year about it. Betcher didn't coach aggressively when when he did coach aggressively, we got results. I don't I don't want to get back into the Betcher stuff. <laughs> No, no, it's but it's it's worrisome. Like really, just sitting here reflecting on things, reflecting on it as a, a on macro, you know, kind of pulling pulling off the curtains and 
reflecting on this group as a whole, very, very worried. There should be no excuse as to why Corey Ballantyne should be getting 30% of the snaps at cornerback in 20. I didn't, I I didn't, I didn't. No, I, I can see a, a path to Ballantyne being successful. In Unless there's injury, like you said, in your in your yeah, old I, takes exposed tweet. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe Ballantyne makes a huge jump. I mean, I I think Ballantyne has a lot of talent, so I don't want I like as much as we're kind of being like grim right now, which is not our usual character. Usually, we're a little more upbeat and positive. Um, Ballantyne is somebody who I can I, I have some optimism for. Now, maybe that optimism will turn into Grant Haley two two thousand nineteen. But I do have optimism for Grant, uh, Corey Ballantyne. I have more optimism for him than I do Sam Beal. And then obviously anybody else. Do we even need to talk about Antonio Hamilton? He played really bad in week one. I mean, just awfully bad. I think he's in a really nice guy. He played better. He's funny. His, he started the last game of the season. He's a really bad tackler. He's 27 years old. Um, but he's good at special teams, Justin. Yeah, very good on special teams. It's actually kind of funny. Antonio Hamilton's 2019 season. He gained and earned the roster spot that he got because he was hurt throughout most of the preseason, specifically say the second half of the preseason. So, uh, Bobby, you say that it was um, Tony Lippett. Now, I don't know if that actually is the right person, but whoever was taking his reps while Antonio Hamilton was hurt was terrible. They were so, so bad. So Antonio Hamilton earned a roster spot by simply being hurt and not playing football. And because he, there's no way that he was going to be as bad as Tony Lippett was, that's why he earned the roster spot. And then lo and behold, even though we all knew that Antonio Hamilton was bad from the first half of the preseason when he did play, even though we knew that he was bad, he plays against Dallas. He was hilariously bad against Dallas where there was just one drive. Where they were just throwing him every – yeah, every yeah, play. I, I went and looked it up. I went and looked it up. Um, it was hilarious. He did play. He did play good week seventeen though against Philly. Yeah, congratulations against guys that uh against wide receivers that should probably be playing in the XFL right now on the Philadelphia Eagles. So congratulations. Good special teamer though. He's a good special teamer. Man, we just did all the corners. If this is your first time listening, you're like, man, these guys are negative Nancys. Really not. Uh, sometimes I get we get called too positive. Did just wage war on, on Wayne Gallman today too. That, I didn't wage war. I just yeah. kind of gave my thoughts on him. Kind of weird. Honestly, it was a test of like because last Friday we controlled the conversation with the O line clip. Which, by the way, now that we have some time to talk about that, I can't believe people were so upset about that. I thought th- I did not think that would have got that reaction. People <laughs> were asking us if we were trolling, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me." I was like, I thought people would love this clip. I really did. Talk more specifically it, about what you're referring to, just in case people aren't following. We said that Nate Solder should move to right tackle, and the Giants should, uh, you know, either. I basically what we said is playing Nate Solder at left tackle is is irresponsible. Very is is irres- Yeah, it's reckless going into 2020. Um, people lost their minds. Never, we never said Nate Solder going to right tackle fixes all his issues. Um, I literally said in that video, Justin. That I'd rather him just be bad at right tackle than left tackle. Anyways, it was it. Well, I, that Wayne Gallman stuff. It was I was testing to see can we control the conversation of the day for Giants Twitter. And did you were you successful today? It wasn't as hot as the Nate Solder one, but I mean, you know, we had we had some good interaction. And I thought, and it was a good conversation. Yeah. I think it was a conversation that needed to be happened. Uh, 
as we go in the free agent. I looked at the 2020 uh, free agents at running back. Not really anybody on there. Maybe a couple guys you could go after. Um, but I think there will be a guy, six, seven, a day three guy, undrafted guy that should come in and compete with Gallman. Big fan of the seventh-round running back. Big fan. Yeah. And I'm a big believer of – I do think you draft for need in the first couple rounds. Obviously, you don't you don't reach like crazy, but I do believe need comes into play big time uh, in the first couple rounds. Rounds four through ju- seven, Justin. I'm I'm big best. You get you get the best player available no matter what, no matter what. You take chances on you. You think whatever guy you think is the best, you take a chance on him in those rounds four through seven. I don't I don't believe in ever drafting for need in those rounds. Speaking of drafting for need, I love the tweet that you had yesterday. Give us your best Gettleman quote that people will overreact to. Can I share my favorite one that somebody shared? Okay. Go for it. Shout out. Football fan John, if you're listening. Football fan John. I know. I know. Analytics is the cat's pajamas, but you have to trust your gut from watching the Senior Bowl. (laughs) I lost it. I I lost it. (laughs) I thought our guy Anthony had a really good one. I'm going to pull it up. Um the best I quote tweeted one that I thought um, Marissa, our friend Marissa, said, "Hey, uh, she said we're not in a desperation position to trade down from four at the moment. People would overreact to that one like crazy, which is like, yeah. what do you expect them to say at this point?" Marissa said, "Hey, Jonathan Stewart is in his tenth year and he's hardly lost anything. Now that would there is there is no reaction too big uh, for for if that were to be a quote." Um, my favorite one was from Anthony. He said, if the best player available is a defensive tackle, we might just take him. Who knows what's going to happen? I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. <laughs> that would be my favorite. Because remember the pro draft? He's like, I, we don't know what's going to happen with Eli. He's like, I could get I hit by a bus I could walk out of this tomorrow. bar. Wait, hold on. I could do a Dave Gettleman accent. I could walk out of this bar and get hit by a car. We don't know what's going to happen. You don't sound like Dave Gettleman. You sound like the godfather. Eli and I are going to have an honest conversation. Wait, then here's then here's the actual accent. So let's compare it. No holds bad. He he took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the varsity. <laughs> no holds bad. I sound just like him. I don't know what you're talking about. You sound like Don Corleone. <laughs> you do. You do. All right, Bobby. Like um, boss with your Philly accent. Bobby, um, I think that's uh, I think that's all that we have. Yeah, I thought this was a good show. So, listen, remember, three episodes next week, people. Get ready. I'm pumped for it, man. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to have a new microphone. We're going to have better audio quality. I have the microphone now, but freaking been getting the equipment for it has been a pain in the behind. And apparently, uh, it, the recorder doesn't take more than a two gigabyte SD card. And nobody sells those, so I had to order one online. So, we appreciate you guys. Remember, leave that rating and review. Remember to pick a punishment for us. Uh, for who doesn't lose the highest percentage of weight, even though I'm about to lose like 50%. I'm about to be bone, skin and bones, baby. I love it. And we're going to be hot. We'll see you guys on Monday. Until then, let's go big blue.